Good morning, church family. It's once again a pleasure to be here with you all today. And in fact, it's a beautiful day. Um, I usually say, you know, it's a beautiful day when a guy from the Caribbean tells you a snowy day is a beautiful day. <laughs> yes, it is a beautiful day. And it's my pleasure to be here. It's my pleasure. And, and I say this humbly to be able to share the word of God with you today. Um, let's see. I was thinking during the children's story that maybe we don't need a sermon. <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul. Um, I, that was a very good teaching moment for all of us. And today... As you will see in your bulletin, the title of, of uh, the sermon for today, uh, for today is The Good Shepherd's Mission. The Good Shepherd's Mission. I like to say this, uh, if you happen to hear me speaking for the first time, that anything I'm going to say here, it's not just for you. It's for me too. So I hope at the end of the sermon today, each and every one of you, adult and children, get something to take home with you. Okay? Have you ever wondered what do people used to do back in the days when they get lost? I'm specifically referring to the times before map, compass, GPS, etc., before those things were, were invented. Being lost and being unable to, to find direction is not the best situation one can find him or herself in. In fact, it can be a very scary situation. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells us a story it is the parable about the lost sheep. Many of you probably have heard this story before, but we are going to talk about it again and see how it can apply it in our life. Obviously, there's a huge difference between a human being who is lost and an animal that is lost, let alone a sheep. As we know it, the sheep is one of the most innocent animals that exist. At the same time, it's a very defenseless animal. Let us turn our Bible to Luke chapter 15, and progressively we will read from, you can follow, um, but we will read from, chapter, uh, from verse 1 to 7 to see what's in that story. I will read from the New International Version. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you hides 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. 
And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and say, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be here today, to hear your words. At this moment, we'd like to ask that you send your Holy Spirit to be with each and every one of us. Your word is a spiritual meal. Be with us in this moment and help us digest it. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. In general, the Pharisees and the scribes wanted nothing to do with, folks, with regular folks, let alone those who are called sinners. On the other hand, we have Jesus. Jesus wanted to do everything, everything to do with sinners. The Pharisees were grumbling, complaining about Jesus' choice of friend. They were complaining about the choice Jesus made to hang out with the sinners. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Well, certainly the story doesn't tell us about, all, about which kind of sinners were there, but we can imagine there were many types of sinners. You know, we know once you sin, you're a sinner. We are all sinners. So regardless of what you do, you're a sinner. So there were a wide representation of sinners around Jesus at that time. However, we are going to take it step by step to see what's going to take place. Jesus heard the Pharisees complaining, and he decided to tell them this story. That was his response to them complaining. And that's exactly what we are sharing today. With this story, Jesus wanted everyone to know what he is here on earth for. He wanted to make a statement, a very powerful statement. He wanted the Pharisees and everyone else to know about his mission on this earth. As we know, this was not the first time the Pharisees were criticizing Jesus. They criticized him throughout his ministry. None of that, none of, those, uh, of that criticism could ever stop Jesus from carrying out his mission. In Luke 19, verse 10, we find out what Jesus' Jesus's mission was. Now, we are familiar with the term mission statement. Many organizations, for-profit, non-for-profit, government agencies, they have what, what is called a mission statement. A mission statement is what defines you, what we are here for. If we as a church, we have a mission, you know, it will spell out what we are here for. What, why do we exist? Well, Jesus tells us, Jesus' mission is far broader than that. However, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, he says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And elsewhere in John 
chapter 10, verse 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That is Jesus' mission. His mission is our salvation. Salvation for all human beings. Sinners came to Jesus because he came to seek and to save them. They came. He received them. He loved them. He gave them eternal life. This is actually the very thing that outraged the Pharisees and the scribes. Now, before we go further, let's look at the, some aspect of the job of a shepherd. The Old Testament, in the Old Testament, in many ways, we find God being described as the shepherd. And one of the most popular areas, we know that it is in Psalm 23. As David called the Lord, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And we know the rest of the psalm. In Ezekiel, and as Gary just read for you in verse 6, but the whole chapter is about the Lord being the shepherd of Israel. And we know as a church we like, we are the symbol of Israel today. Meanwhile, shepherding is one of the oldest professions in Israel, and especially in the rest of the Middle East too. Therefore, Jesus gave the Pharisees, the scribes, and everyone else who was around a story they all could relate to. Just like many other professions, there are rules and regulations. Things you should be doing, things you should not be doing. Well, in shepherding, there are some unwritten rules. And one of them, and that's one of the most popular ones, it is the following. You don't lose a sheep. What is it? You don't lose a sheep. That's one of the primary responsibilities of the shepherd, to care for the sheep in every way you can think of it. And that implies one day wonder away, you have to go and find them. If one sheep goes away, the good shepherd have to go and find it and bring it home, regardless of what it implies, regardless of what it takes to bring it home. You don't come back without a sheep. If you care about your reputation as a good shepherd, you don't come back without that. It's as simple as that. Everyone knew that. And in those areas, everybody knew the role of a good shepherd. They know what you're supposed to do. As I said before, a shepherd is somebody with huge responsibility. Now, throughout my sermon, I'm going to use four keywords. I call them the central elements of this story. And this is what I needed the PowerPoint for. You see them over here. Lost. Sought. Found. Celebrated. Well, many of you know uh, English is not my first language. So... Um, I make sure I put them up there because this is very important. So I know they are the past tense of four verbs. Loss is the past tense of the verb to lose. Sought, 
to seek, found, to find, and celebrated to celebrate. Let's look at loss. The sheep, I provide you a brief description of the sheep already, and I know you know it, but the sheep is an animal that can easily go from one area of grass to another without watching, without paying close attention to what it is doing, without paying close attention to where it might end up. That usually causes separation from the rest of the flock. As a result, they are often in danger, in great danger. The sheep, being a defenseless animal, when it got lost, they find itself in a situation where they don't know where to go. The first reaction is to lay down helplessly and refuses to budge. It's not like a dog. I grew up with dogs and chicken. They always find their way home. I don't know how, but they always know where home is. But for some reason, it's not the same thing for the sheep, and especially this one. This one was lost, was laying down helplessly. As we know, they, this caused great exposure to predators. Sought, past tense of the verb to seek. As I said, when a sheep is lost, it runs the risk of falling off a cliff in addition to many other dangers. A lost sheep may never make it back home because dehydration can occur. Exhaustion can occur. That is one of the reasons a caring shepherd should go out and seek for the lost sheep. Once you notice as a shepherd, once you notice your sheep is missing, the first thing to do is to go out and seek for that sheep. According to Middle Eastern traditions, a lost sheep can die as a result of fear also. If you were a shepherd and you care for your sheep, wouldn't you go out and seek for them? That's exactly what Jesus was saying. Wouldn't you go out and look for a lost sheep? The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Have you ever lost something that's precious to you? Something very important to you? Regardless of what it is. Well, we can have several examples. What if you lose your car keys? What if you lose your wallet? What if you lose your purse? (laughs) What if you lose your cell phone? Especially nowadays. What if you lose them? What if you lose a memory disk? Well, actually, I can tell you, I have one right here. If I lost it, I wouldn't have a sermon this morning. What, is, what do you do when you lose something precious? That's scary. It's a horrible feeling. I'll go even farther. What would you do if you go to the mall and you're finding a loved one with you, especially one of the little ones. That's a terrible feeling. That's a horrible feeling. So as caring individuals, what we usually do is to seek for them. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what the shepherd should do. A good shepherd, a shepherd who cares about his reputation of being a good shepherd, that's what you do. Caring for the sheep is what the shepherd 
do for a living. The shepherd is some, the sheep is something of precious value. That's exactly, that's one of the many reasons the shepherd has to look for the sheep. Found. In verse 5, in Luke chapter 15, we read the following. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts, his, uh, puts it on his shoulder. A shepherd is not somebody who can be lazy or careless individual. As I said before, that job comes with big responsibilities. Notice that the shepherd had to carry the sheep on his shoulder. He did not make the sheep walk to go back home. He carried it. We do not know the, the exact size of that sheep. But I'm imagining that sheep was not a two-pounder. It was heavier than that. How much love you can see in this? A sheep may weigh, I don't know, 75 pounds, 80 pounds. The shepherd had, after a long day, the shepherd had to go and carry that sheep home. Make sure the sheep gets home. I talked about the value of the sheep. Remember, the sheep provides wool. And the wool, W-O-L-L, just in case I mispronounce it. The wool provides clothing. So, you know, the sheep is very important. And then the last word, celebrated. In verse 6, verse six, we see the shepherd, when he got home, he did not just get home. He called his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Normally, when something like that occurred, it is a celebration for the entire village. Today, we could call that a neighborhood party, block party, whatever. Families and neighbors usually wait to see in what condition the shepherd would find the sheep. It is important to notice that the fact they were all there and wait to celebrate with them too. It's a big celebration when that sheep is back. It's a family business. It's a family matter. A lost sheep being sought, being found, and then to be, to, to be brought back home for celebration. How can we relate to this story today? How can we relate? We could see the application of these four elements in our life. I'm sure most of you have heard at least a sermon about this story once. Maybe some of you have even preached about it. But I want to point out once again those four elements in this story, in this story applies in our life. We are all sinners. We are all lost. As a result of our numerous sins, we can help it. We, this is our nature. But it's very important that we recognize that and we do something about it because we are all lost. We are unable to find our home on our own. However, God, in his infinite love, he sent his son Jesus, who is the good shepherd, to seek us. Because we are lost. L-O-S-T. He endures the biggest sacrifice 
so we can be found and be saved. Just like we read in verse 7, God is joyful. Verse 7 of chapter 15, God is joyful when we repent. God is joyful when we find our way back to him. God is joyful when we lost sinners, we are sought and then found. As it is written in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. It is God in Christ who not only seeks us, but finds us. It is God in Christ who carried us back on his shoulder. He carried us back to the flock. It is God in Christ who bears the full burden of our restoration. It is Christ himself who bears the full weight of our recovery. In John, 15, in John chapter 10, Jesus teaches us that the good shepherd knows his sheep and he lays down his life for it. You can go home and read the chapter again if you, don't, if you are not too familiar with it and think about the sacrifice. Think about the responsibility. Think about the, uh, the work Jesus has done for us. Think about this big responsibility that he has which is to save us. We are all sheep who have gone astray at some point in our life. Each of us have turned our own ways every day. In his grace, God has sent us Jesus to pick us up and save us from danger. Jesus is always there for us to save us from danger in many ways, to open our eyes on something, to remind us of something. To remind us of the right way to do things. This is all part of caring for us, finding us, and bringing us back to the flock. As a church and as individuals, we have a mission to be involved in that searching process. Many people call it a search and rescue mission. We have to do something about our soul. Be willing to let Jesus save us. Be willing to let Jesus rescue us. But at the same time, not to categorize Christian, but at the same time, we have to, our involvement in that process implies telling others about the love of Jesus, what he can do for us. Yes, the ultimate work is done by God, by Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. We are not necessarily in a better position than every other sinner. We have to recognize that. But we have to share the love of Christ with another one. There are, there are other lost sheep that we need to let them know what Jesus can do for them. We have to let them know about the restoration only and only Jesus can provide. It is about letting another one know that Jesus has rescued us. He can do the same thing for someone else. He can do the same thing for someone else who is in a helpless and a hopeless situation. While we do that, 
it is also important that we do not act like Pharisees. Jesus was not concerned about the superficial and trivial aspect of the sinners who were around him. He wanted to develop a relationship with them. That's why he tells this story. A relationship is with Jesus is the most important relationship a human being can ever have. As we know it, he says, no one comes to the Father through me, but through me. Sorry. He wanted to develop that relationship with them. He wants to develop that relationship with us too. He wants to develop that relationship with others. He, wanted to, he wants to bring us to salvation. That's why, that's the reason for his sacrifice. However, as we know it, the Pharisees had issues with sinners. In Romans 3 verse 23, Paul declares, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But God, despite of everything, he has a salvation plan for each and every one of us. Jesus did not come to this earth for the ones who feel they need no repentance. He came here to save, to seek and save the lost. The shepherd, Jesus, is the one who does the seeking. Very often he uses one of us. We are not supposed to get credit for that. Okay? He is the one who does the finding of sinners. He is the one through the Holy Spirit who works in their heart as the process of carrying them home. He is the one who carries them, who carries all of us sinners on his back to nurture us. He is the one who restores our soul. And he is the one who leads the celebration when we are found. An essential part of God's character is about extending his mercy to all of us. This is the message of the cross. This is the message of God's active love. God is always working. God's plan is for us to be saved, to be rescued as lost sheep. Just like the sheep has value in the eyes of the shepherd, we have value in his eyes. We are his creation. That's why he has those plans for us. And we know Jeremiah uh, chapter 11, verse 29. What he says, God has planned for us. Let us ask the Lord, not only to bring us home to salvation, but also to be good example to those who need to be saved. Remember, we are lost, but Jesus came. He's, he came to seek for us. He sought us. He found us. And as we see in the last verse, uh, uh, not in the last verse, but in Luke chapter uh, 15, verse 7, there is celebration when we are back. In the fold. I want you all to go home and think about this story and apply it in our life and think about it. Share that with somebody that Jesus cares for them. Share those four words with them. Ask somebody to read this and think about, and think about it.
This is my prayer that we remain connected. I know I preach about that already, but we remain connected. We remain in a good and strong relationship with the Lord. May the Lord continue to bless you all and happy Sabbath. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for your words. We thank you for everything you've done for us. Everything from seeking us, we lost sinners, and finding us and celebrating our restoration. Please help us to continue maintaining our relationship with you and tell someone else about the work, our, uh, to tell somebody about your restoration and your salvation. Lord, be with us for the rest of this day. Be with each and every one of us present. Be with the other church family members who are not here today. Be with us the rest of this week. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.